Thank you, Father. Such a strong anointing on the words of that song. Such a strong anointing on the words of that song. Glory to God. Father, we thank you tonight. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen and amen. Well, tonight um, we're going to spend a little bit of time recapping what we've talked about. Actually, we, we started this series that we've been on, on the Holy Spirit. It's just, we entitled it, we had a lot of subtitles to it along the way, but we titled it just the Holy Spirit series, talking about the Holy Spirit, the person of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, there's a, there's a lot said about the, the, Holy, the Holy Spirit. Over the last 40 years of my born-again life, I've had a lot of different experiences with God and, and, and manifestations of the Holy Spirit and, and, and seeing God do a lot of different things. And, and I've seen a lot of things in, through the years that appeared to be God, um, but they didn't bear fruit. See, the Holy Spirit in us, when the Holy Spirit touches our lives and ministers to our lives, the Holy Spirit makes a difference and He makes changes. And, and th- there's a lot of things that through the years that I've noticed, and I'm just talking about just my 40 years of salvation, um, <clears throat> that, that I've seen that some of the reasons it didn't bear fruit is because it, it, it just, people just didn't know. And sometimes when we don't know, we just fake it till we make it. And God doesn't want us faking anything. God doesn't want us putting on anything. God doesn't want there to be a put on so that, and, and, make, and causing something to appear like that's God. We, we don't want things that appear to be God. We just want God. How many in the house? We just, we just want God. Only God. Can you say amen? And um, so <clears throat> one, one thing I've, and, and one of the reasons that at, le- at, at least every couple of years we, we, we just teach for a long time on the Holy Spirit, on the person of the Holy Spirit. And the, and the gifts or what, they're, they're, really not, they're really not gifts, they're manifestations of the Holy Spirit. Um, in, in 1 Corinthians 12, as we've read, the word gifts was added by the translators. It was not actually in the original. And, and what, what's happened a lot through the years is that people have taken ownership of what they've called gifts when there's no ownership to the gifts because the gifts of the Spirit operate as the Lord wills them in our lives. But we have to develop faith and confidence in God and an awareness of the person of the Holy Spirit so that God can use us in these gifts. And we've talked about all nine gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, but we've changed the word gifts to manifestations. There are nine manifestations, and we see Jesus, that Jesus operated in all of these manifestations. And they're available to you and I, not just to somebody that is a preacher or whatever. We're all preachers. We're all anointed by God to minister life to people. There's people in the fivefold ministry. There's gifts that were given to the church in the fivefold ministry, and we believe in that. But everybody is anointed. Same spirit that is in you and me, or that was in Jesus, is in you and I. And that spirit wants to manifest the way he did through Jesus and in the days of Jesus on the earth. He wants those same manifestations happening in our lives, right? So, 
We, we've taught this actually since the, the last Wednesday of November is how long we've been on this. I didn't realize that when I went back over all my notes. I thought, it, I thought we started like around the 1st of January, but it's been going a long time. <clears throat> um, but, uh, but we took our time and I told you we were going to take our time. And tonight I'm, I'm going to just spend some time recapping several things that we talked about and then talking about implementation of, the, of, of these manifestations, about the importance of being aware of the Holy Spirit so that we can implement what God wants in the earth. God wants, God desires to do things in the earth. Now, I'll say it like this. God is doing amazing things in the earth. How many can say amen? And God wants to do things in the earth through you. That's why we're here. One of the, one of the greatest revelations through the years that I've acquired is that God needs me. And you wouldn't think God needs anybody. Because God is God, but He needs us because of the way He set things up in the earth. And He set things up in the earth by giving us authority, but the authority that we have is His, but we're to implement His authority in the earth through these flesh and blood bodies that have a soul, that, ha- that are a spirit, that are one with the Holy Spirit. And when your spirit and the Holy Spirit that are one connect, and you're connecting, and you're getting information from God, you have an ability to make a difference in, the, in, in this world that the rest of the world that doesn't have God and is not taught these things, you have the ability to make a difference that the rest of the world does, doesn't have. Everybody was created to make a difference like that, but, but nobody else on planet Earth can make the difference that Jesus intended for us to make if we're not connected to him and aware of him on a day-to-day basis. So, I'm just going to remind you a few things. I'm going to start in John 14 and verse 26. And he says, verse 25 says, These things I've spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper... The Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Who's he talking about here? He's talking about the Holy Spirit, but he's talking about he, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person, he's not an it. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. He will teach you all things. That word teach there is reveal. He will teach, train, and reveal to you all things. The Holy Spirit. It's his job. That's what he was sent here to do. And he's a helper. Everybody say, I need help. Everybody needs help. You were created to need help. And we need help. And we have the Holy Ghost. In Mark chapter 16... Mark's account of the Great Commission, starting with verse 15. He said to them, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe or are born again. In my name they'll cast out demons. 
And what will they do? They will speak with new tongues. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. So in other words, what we've taught and what we, what we taught in the first three weeks that we taught on the Holy Spirit, we talked about the person of the Holy Spirit, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues that we see all through the book of Acts and that we see accounts of in different places in the New Testament. But all through the book of Acts, we see that people were born again and they had another experience, not another spirit, but another experience that was deeper and took them to a higher place, which was the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. The Great Commission includes not just being born again, but baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of praying in other tongues. Right? So that's another way that He, the Holy Spirit, helps us. Right? When I don't know how to pray, I pray in the Spirit. When I pray in the Spirit, what will come to me if I learn to really believe that when I'm praying in the Spirit... After I've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit is, is really producing something. What it produces is the understanding in the natural that I need in knowing how to operate. That's how he helps us. Ultimately, in a personal, on a personal basis, that's how he helps us. These other nine gifts of the Spirit that we talked about over the last few months, these nine gifts, gifts or manifestations of the Spirit cannot operate through us if we don't believe that we can hear from God and that we're, our spirit is one with the Holy Spirit. It, because, because these other manifestations happen as the Lord wills them. I have to have faith and confidence that I can hear God and then understand what God's trying to get over to me. Right? Not have this attitude that, well, you know, you just... Never know what God's going to do. If that's your attitude and mentality, then the manifestations of the Spirit found in 1 Corinthians 12 are not for you and I, if that's our attitude. Well, that's not our attitude here, right? Can you say amen? We're here to receive from God, right? We're here to be confident that we can hear from God, and when we hear from Him, we can get the understanding that He's trying to get over to us. He wants us to have supernatural understanding that goes beyond natural understanding that gives us the upper hand in the earth that the world needs us to have so that we can help other people see the same thing and they can have the upper hand because the upper hand is not necessarily against people the upper hand is against the enemy the enemy will use people that don't have any understanding of God. He'll even use people that are born again. Anyway, we'll bring that up at another time. Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. This is what they tarried. We went all through this. I'm just giving you some kind of headlines of things that we talked about. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's what makes the difference in our life. When I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost, as we 
We had a whole line of people that we prayed for in the night when we prayed for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. It's to help you, to take you to another level. It's not something that's weird and strange. It's something that's real. And as, it, as you become convinced of it, you have the ability and the confidence that you can hear from God. There's nothing. There's no limitations in your life when you believe you can hear from God. Listen to me. There is nothing more important on planet Earth For you and I, nothing in your walk with God that's more important than you becoming convinced you can hear from God. Listen, what did Jesus say? He said, I only do those things that I hear from my Father. I don't do my will, I do His will. In the Garden of Gethsemane, we saw the... We saw the most amazing and the ultimate act of submission in the garden of Gethsemane when Jesus said father if there be any other way yet not my will be done but yours Jesus will and the father's will were not the same in that moment and what Jesus began to see and sense and feel within himself was the sin and the sickness and the shame and, and, and the filth of humanity was coming on him. He began to sweat drops of blood in the garden. It began to come on him. and he, I mean, I mean, he got scared. Can you imagine all the sins of the world and, and to have never sinned? And yet he's taking all sin upon himself? God, if there be some other way, but not my will. In that moment, when something that wasn't his will was the Father's will, he submitted. It's the ultimate act of submission that you and I are to follow all the time. He said, I only do what Father says do. He became convinced as a, as a, as a flesh and blood human being that he could hear from God. He became convinced. You say, well, he's Jesus. No, no, no. He, he, he wasn't... He didn't hear God as the Son of God. He heard God as the Son of Man. He had to. He had to be just like you and I. But he heard God. He was confident in what he heard. And what he applied worked. That's where you and I have to get. Every day of our life, we've got to get to that place. Can you say amen? 1 Corinthians 12, where we started talking about the gifts. And I just want just to run through these real quickly. And look at them again, and then, I, and then I'll share some, a few things at the end of this. 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, it says here, but it's in italics, so that word gifts is not there. Concerning spiritual, spiritual things, spiritual manifestations, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. <clears throat> he says in verse 4, now there are diversities of gifts or manifestations but the same spirit there are differences of ministries but the same lord and there are diversities of activities but is the same god who works all in all but the what not the gift of the spirit but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for the profit of all for one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, 
to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Verse 11 says, but one and the same Spirit works all these things. One and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He wills. God wants you and I to be living our lives, developing our life of faith and confidence in Him to the point we can hear His voice and when He wants to use us in these manifestations that we're open and ready. Because, why? Verse 4 says it profits everybody. It doesn't just profit you to operate in these manifestations. It profits everybody. You have a word of wisdom for someone that word of wisdom will profit that person if you heard from God and delivered that word. When you're confident you can hear from God, you can deliver these things, you can operate in these manifestations at will as He wills. Not at will when I choose or I think I have a good thought or a good idea. And I, and I'm, I, you know, after all these years, I've gotten really serious about this. And... And uh, I don't know when it, I don't know when it was. It was about two years ago, and it, there was somebody walked up to me and, and said, uh, "I have a word for you." And I said, "Okay, give it." And they gave it to me. And in the word that they gave me, I knew in my spirit. I have. I mean, I can receive the word from any. I can receive a word of any kind from anybody, anything. I can receive. But when it comes to me, I'm not receiving something that I don't believe is from God. Okay? Now that's between me and God. If, if, if I walked up to right here and I, and I delivered a word and I, and I gave you a word and you didn't believe it was from God and you, and you decided to tell me you didn't believe it was from God, that's between you and God. You see? It doesn't matter if somebody likes it or not, I'm not receiving something that is not from God because ideas and thoughts like that can affect and contaminate the way that you think or you receive from God. I'm not going to just listen to just anybody. You have to believe in people and know people, right? But we're not, we're not because there's, there can be things that, that are not right or people are, are not necessarily operating correctly and doing that. We're not, we're not doing away with these. They're in the Bible. They're real. And God wants us to be used to administer these. Can you say amen to that? So the first one we talked about was the working of miracles. And we defined the working of miracles as the power to do beyond the natural. But it's always as we hear and do. The power to do beyond the natural. And when we looked at certain scriptures, and, and I, I want to look real quick at John chapter 9 and verse 6, and, and just giving you a couple accounts in the Bible that were, that were the workings of miracles. Okay, so that you can see it and you can be thinking about how God could use you in a similar way. But, but every time we saw the working of miracles, we saw God using something from the natural to go beyond what the natural could accomplish and into the supernatural, and that natural thing accomplished a supernatural thing. 
And in these two stories, can you give me that uh, John 9? When he had said these things, this is Jesus, he spat in the ground. And remember, he... That's what he did. I mean, Jesus did that. He, he, didn't, he didn't, like, just take something and kind of put it... In, I mean, he, he hocked a loogie into the ground. That's what he did, right? When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. Made clay, I mean, so he must have spit about a dozen times. And he anointed, he took the the clay, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Anybody ever known of mud to heal anybody? Not other than this right here. I've never ever heard of mud healing anybody. Now, I'm not saying it hasn't, because if God led somebody to do that, then it worked. Because God said do it. Not just because it was the account in the Bible, and that's why we've got to be able to take illustrations like this and break it down into our world and into our lives and listen to God when he's trying to say I want you to do something now does that sound crazy does that sound crazy for a healing that sounds crazy you let somebody spit in the mud in the dirt you make mud patties out of it you stick it on their eyes and now go wash it off is what he tells him to do and now watch This guy heard what he said. He did exactly what Jesus said. And as he's coming back, he starts seeing. He, listen, Jesus heard and he did. And it was nuts. It was crazy. It wasn't the natural thing. But he took something in the natural and created supernatural manifestation because he obeyed God. That is the manifestation of the working of miracles. That's in operation right there. Look at uh, 6th chapter of John, verse 1. John 6 and 1. So I want you to look at this story. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Just keep going, we're going to go 14 verses. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming toward him. He said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test them, for he himself knew what he would do. Where did he get what he would do? From God. He heard God, and then God, God he, he, wasn't, he wasn't asking them to see if there was an H-E-B close. Right? He, he, he's asking to see what they were going to do. Are you going to believe God in this thing? Are you hearing the same thing I'm hearing? Could, could Fabian and I hear the same thing about the working of miracles in another person's life, could we hear the same thing if God wanted us to? Absolutely. He was saying, he's probably, maybe he's thinking that they're going to hear too. So he's trying to see how we're going to handle this, okay? Um, uh, Philip answered, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. 
But what are they among so many? So he's not hearing anything. He's looking at the natural. Okay? And, but Jesus knows what he's going to do. Next. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. And there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. Who sat down? Men. What about the women and the children? I mean, this wasn't a man's conference. Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's everywhere. I mean, think about it. Uh, 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 the, the Jews had a lot of kids. So this is five barley loaves and two fish for the, I mean, maybe there's a whole bunch of single people there, okay? But, and maybe some of the kids in the family weren't there, but a lot of them traveled together and they were around. So let's just say there was 15,000 people, five loaves and two fish. Okay, let's just say. And Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. It wasn't just barely enough to satisfy as much as they wanted and you know the rest of the story right so jesus took something in the natural that in the natural could five barley loaves i don't care if the barley loaves were this long could five of them and two fish feed fifteen thousand people let's just say ten thousand let's not overdo it okay let's say ten no absolutely not so something in the natural was taken it was blessed Gave glory to God, but he heard from God, and God told him ahead of time, get those loaves, get those fish, and we'll multiply them. So he took something from the natural, the super got on the natural, and the supernatural became a miraculous manifestation that everybody talks about to this day. Can you say amen? That's what happened. So, the miraculous, um, it's, it's not the gift of miracles, Okay, this manifestation is not the gift of miracles, okay? It's the manifestation of the miraculous. God wants to manifest the miraculous in your and my life. So I'm asking you to think tonight. I'm asking you to think about in the days ahead, about listening and hearing God about how he would use you to be used in this manifestation of the miraculous. God wants to use you. How many believe that tonight? God wants to use you in the miraculous. I mean, we, if we can hear God and we have faith in God and we see that this is real here and we see the stories in the Bible and it's real and it happened here. Jesus said, the works I did, you'll do, you'll do an even greater works because I've gone to the Father. Now it can happen with every one of us. Can you say amen to that? It'll happen with every one of us. Second thing that we talked about was the discerning of spirits. The manifestation of the discerning of spirits. It's not the gift of discernment. Everybody say amen to that. We're not talking about a gift of discernment. Having discernment is a good thing. But, it, but the gift of discernment is not a manifest, one of the nine manifestations of the spirit. What the discerning of spirits is, is being able to see into the spirit realm and know what is God and what is not God. And we, we, have, we have an account here. We, there was a number of accounts that we looked at. 
but I want to read this one in Acts 13. Acts 13 and verse uh, 4. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to wherever that is, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. Verse 5. And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. Now when they had gone through the island of Patmos, Papos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus who was with the proconsul Sergius Paulus as an intelligent man this man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God verse 8 but Elymas the sorcerer for so his name is translated withstood them seeking to turn the proconsul away from the faith then Saul who also is called Paul filled with the holy spirit everybody say filled with the holy spirit he was filled with the Holy Spirit. What, what, what does it mean? What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? It means to be aware. To be filled with the Holy Spirit is to be more aware of what God is saying through the Spirit than what we hear with our natural ears. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, watch, and he looked at ten, intently at him, verse 10, and said, Oh, full of all deceit and all fraud, you son of the devil, you enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed, the hand of the Lord is upon you, and you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time and on and on. But these things, that's, those scriptures said, those things had gone on for a while. That sorcerer had gone on for a while. That person who was operating in deception and trying to deceive people operated for a while. Why, why, does it, why does it necessarily say that those things happened for a while? Because Paul had to get in his spirit and understand. He had to know. Remember, these manifestations operate as God wills. And what he said to that guy and how he cast and, and spoke to that guy and spoke to the demon in that guy was based on his revelation of something that was not God. That was not God. He was a false Jesus, is what he was. He was a false anointed one. He had an anointing about him, and, he, and, and, and you realize that psychic people can have an anointing. They have an anointing, but it's a false anointing. It's not from God, right? And that's what this guy was, and it was false, but Paul had to make sure that it wasn't right, and that's why it went on for a time, but then... He got in the guy's face and let him know, we're not putting up with this, because he discerned what was really going on. Can you say amen? That's what God wants you and I to do. Also, concerning this, look at um, Acts 16, 16. Back when we talked about all these, we looked at a number of different passages, but I'm just looking at one or two in each, regarding each one of these manifestations. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit for fortune telling. Verse 17. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Verse 18. 
And this she did for many days. Why didn't Paul stop her? Why, why, why wouldn't the situation stop? Because they had to discern. There had to be discernment into the spirit realm. What, is this God or is it not God? But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. That happened because of the manifestation of the discerning of spirits. She was false. How many know that false people can fake people? False people can fake undiscerning people. People that don't have the ability to see into the spirit realm. You say, well, well how, how, can, how can we see into the spirit realm? By praying in the Holy Ghost. You pray in the Holy Spirit, God will show you if, some, if something or somebody is real in what they're doing. Right? You, we can know when something's right or when it's not. And so that manifestation... The discerning of spirits is to profit everybody, right? But it only manifests as the Lord wills it. I promise you, the stronger that you develop a life of faith and trust and confidence in God, the more God will allow all nine of these gifts of the Spirit at different time. When He needs them to flow through you, they'll flow through you. Why? Because you can be trusted. Can you say amen? Number three, we looked at the gift of faith. And we talked about the fact that there is a common faith that every one of us have. Each person that is born again has been dealt a measure of faith that's common or simple faith. And it's dealt to each and every one of us. And we're developing that life of faith. But the gift of faith is something that is different. Or the manifestation of faith in 1 Corinthians 12 is something different. And in, um, in Acts 14 and verse 4, Acts 14 and 4. I'm just going to read it out of here. But the multitude of the city was divided, part sided with the Jews and part with the apostles. And when a violent attempt was made by both the Gentiles and Jews with their rulers to abuse the stone and stone them, they became aware of it and fled to Lystra and Derbe and cities of Lyconia and to the surrounding region and they were preaching the gospel there. They were preaching there. And in Lystra a certain man without strength in his feet was sitting a cripple from his mother's womb who had never walked. He had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet and he leaped and he walked. And when the people saw that Paul had done what Paul had done, they raised their voices saying in the Lyconian language, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men because of what happened. Well, actually, what happened right there is that man's faith made him whole. God really desires for you and I to become whole in our bodies when something attacks us or something happens. He wants us to become whole by our trust and faith in the fact that what Jesus did was enough. But in this situation right here, that was common faith in operation. That wasn't the manifestation of faith in 1 Corinthians 12. In Acts, the ninth chapter, back up a few pages to the ninth chapter, starting with the 32nd verse, you see the difference 
in, in the one in Acts 14, that was that man's common faith that he reached out. Why? Because he heard the word preached. And when he heard the word preached, faith arose and he thought, man, there's hope for me. But we have other accounts like in Acts chapter 3, the, the man at the gate, beautiful, there was no faith. Right? And it was Peter having to pull him up, and it was Peter's faith that caused his faith to arise. But that was, in Acts chapter 3, that was the manifestation of faith in 1 Corinthians 12. You see the difference? We talked about that when we talked extensively in this, in in our series. But it's important that you know and understand that there is a difference in a, a person's common faith that is being developed. Your relationship with God is developing faith. Each man was dealt a measure of faith, each one of us, same measure. And, and how much your faith is increasing and growing depends on how much effort you put into it. Right? That's common faith. That man's common faith in hearing the word preached around where he was caused him to rise up and leap and praise God. Nobody did anything. He, 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 he rose up and took what was said, and he was healed in his body. Now, this account in Acts chapter 9 was something that was different. Verse 32. Now, it came to pass as Peter went through all the parts of the country that he also came down to the saints who dwelt in Lydda. There he found a certain man named Aeneas who had been bedridden eight years and was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus, the Christ heals you. Arise, make your bed. Then he arose immediately. So all who dwelt at Lydda and Sharon came to him and turned to the Lord. Notice, notice, there wasn't faith in him. It was what Peter commanded. It was the, it was the manifestation or as we we, if you've heard this taught through the years, it's the gift of faith in operation. Not the common faith, but the gift of faith that he had here to demand that man to arise. Now, what's really important in the days ahead is this. If, if, you, if you have someone, you know someone that's not well in their bodies... And, and you know, know, what's really important is that if people don't have faith to be well, to be healed, to be delivered of a situation, if they don't have faith, when I, when I mean they don't have faith, they don't have confidence in God because they've never been taught. You can't have faith in God if you've never been taught. And you can have been taught, but if you've never done anything with what you hear, faith won't grow. See, it's not, it's not us, it's not like me saying I have a lot of faith and I'm looking at you like you're faithless. It's not that. I'm saying when a person, a person that doesn't have faith, like in these two stories I just gave you here, one did because he heard something and then he obeyed what, what we, he was told to do, right? In the other story right here, he was, the, the man's body, the man was commanded to arise and he arose, he, he came up, or I kind of see it like he grabbed his hand and he pulled him up. And so there's a difference in those two. So when you, when you come across people that don't understand what we're talking about tonight, about being well, or what we teach here in this church about, about being healed and healthy and whole in your body, if you come a, 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 up to people like that, you can't force your conviction on them. And see, a lot of times what's happened with people and where people have been disappointed 
where they've not seen healing in other people's lives is because they're trying to get somebody with no revelation and understanding to arise and to be healed and be made well. It's almost like we're thinking if we put our hands on it, if we we pray over them, we spit on them or do something, that something is going to happen in a situation like this because we believe what the Word says. But where we've missed this is In situations like this, we need to go to prayer to God about, do you want me to do something? Is there something in this situation you want me to do? Do you want me to go to that hospital room? And do you want me to to, to do a specific thing? I need to know, and that's why I'm teaching you what these manifestations look like, so that you can take the accounts we have in the Scripture and break those down to apply to a situation that you face day to day. Listen, God knows, He knows the beginning from the ending. Right? He knows the ending from wherever we're at. He knows everything in between, and so He knows, and and that's why He said, these manifestations are there for us, but they're only as He wills them. So let's say you know somebody and they're not doing well, and, and something's not working right in their body, and, 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 and so you start praying for them. You start declaring and speaking the word, but you're praying and asking God to reveal to you, is there something you want me to do? And, and listen, if you've never done something like this, I'm, I'm telling you, fear will grip your mind. Man, what if I go there, and I go to the hospital, and I command this guy's body to arise and to be well, and what if nothing happens? Those are the thoughts that are going to come to your mind. Did you hear what I said? This isn't a real popular subject to talk about because there's so many gray areas here. But listen to me. The Holy Ghost fills in all the gray areas. The Holy Ghost will show you things. What I'm talking to you is not my idea about what I think we should do. I'm teaching you and training you and talking to you about what God's idea is for us. And listen, there's people in every one of our lives today that need us in faith and confidence in God and our faith and confidence in God to grow so that we can be used to help them in their lives by the Holy Spirit, the true helper, right? So that they can come out because see, these manifestations are to profit everybody. When you do something and you step out in faith and you see the manifestation and you see it work, your faith grows. But you have to remember, it's not about you. It's about what he told you to do. And when we keep ourselves humble and under humility, God will use you the next time. He'll use you the next time and the next time and the next time. Amen? And I'm telling you, this gift of faith and the working of miracles and the gifts, plural, of healings all overlap each other. And they overlap each other in the scripture. But God will use you to see people's lives turned around and made well, if that's what you want. Now, he's not going to make you do anything. But he, it's, these things happen only as he wills. So when you begin to pray in the spirit and God shows you something about somebody you're praying for, and he says, he says to you, um, so let's just say God said, that somebody got in a car wreck and, and, and they're not seeing. Their eyes are 
something happened to their, like a retina or something and they can't see out of this eye. And God says, I want you to make a, I want you to make a, a, a loogie little cake and mix it up and take it to the hospital and rub it in the guy's eye. The thing you have to ask yourself is, would you do that? In most cases today, because of the story in the Bible, that's not necessarily what God's going to say. But he may tell you something that's kind of nutso like that. Are you willing to do something like that? You have to ask yourself that. You know what I, I'll answer it for you. You might be a little apprehensive, but I know every one of you in here would want to do it. You would want to do what God wanted you to do. That's, see, that, the thing is, we don't know what it's like and we, we don't understand what it's like for God to show us and reveal to us what this really looks like. And so when I go to God, I begin to pray in the Spirit, and I'm in my closet, per se, with God, in my, my alone time with God, and I'm hearing Him. I'm telling you, faith begins to arise, and I can see myself leaping tall buildings with a single bound. Amen? All of a sudden, man, we become Superman with a cape. But then you bring yourself down and you walk under humility so you can do it again. And you can do it again anytime God needs you. Remember, this is God needing you to be connected to him so he can do amazing things in your life and the people around you. That's what all this is about. Can you say amen to that? Um, the next one we talked about, the next two, the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom. Remember we talked about that it wasn't, you know, it's, 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 not, um, it's not the gift of knowledge and it's not the gift of wisdom. It's a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. Something that is spoken directly that has to do part and partial with what God wants to get over to somebody. But you're just stirring that up on the inside of them so the Holy Ghost can reveal to them the rest of it. Holy Spirit wants to be in charge of revealing all the main stuff. We're just going to give them the headlines. A word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. The word of wisdom is futuristic information. The word of knowledge is present information. Okay? And a couple of, just look real quickly at Acts 9 and verse 10. <clears throat> I just want to, I want to show you the difference here. Acts 9 and verse 10. <clears throat> now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision he has sent a man named Ananias coming in, uh, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in, putting his hand on, it, on him so that he might receive his sight. Remember, Paul had lost his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And, there have, there, and here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go. For he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him, okay, so there was the word of knowledge 
that was given about what was going to happen right now. And here is worth wisdom. Watch this. For I will show him, I will show Paul, how many things he must suffer for my namesake. That's all futuristic. The one is a word of knowledge present, right? And the second is a word of wisdom, futuristic. So there are things that God will show you to help other people. Um, um, the more, even as I've, as I've studied to teach these things here in the last um, few months, all during the time that I'm teaching this, the manifestation of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge have been flowing freely through me to people. I mean, just any and everywhere that I go. But, but I want to leave you with this thought tonight. And, and we're, we're going to, I'm, I'm not going to, it took me too long to do this tonight. And, and, and so we're going to finish next Wednesday night. Uh, no, we're not. We're going to finish the following Wednesday. Because next Wednesday night is Jimmy Bratcher. He's going to be here. But we'll, we'll finish the following Wednesday with what, I, what I'm talking about here. And we're going we're gonna to practice a few things. But 